Welcome to the Real Triathlon Podcast. I'm your host, Garrick Lowen, here with Nicholas Chase and Jackson Lund. Welcome back to the Real Triathlon Podcast. Myself and Jackson today are going to just be ripping a new one for everything and everyone that's pissing us off. So welcome to the, <laughs> the bitch fest. Um, not really, but a little bit serious. I've, I'm tired, man. We just did a double header, St. George Gulf coast back to back. And I was feeling pretty good in Gulf coast until all that man traveling home was a long delayed weather day. And since I got home Sunday night, Mother's Day, of course. Um, I've just been smashed. How have you how you been feeling, Jack? Shed some light on some on the clouds here. Yeah, man. Um, a little different situation for me. I've got some chilling week, recovery week. I'm gonna let myself have a bit of a mid season break here, and then, well, I guess it's kind of early season, but it's good timing. And uh, I have my neck all jacked up before and during the race and stuff and it's kind of getting better so it's a good timing to let that heal and uh yeah i'm pretty stoked to have a few more easy chill days and just go to a cottage and just do some easy training this weekend and hang out with the wife and a couple friends and let myself not give a f about training hard for a bit and then i uh, get back to it but yeah man some good ish good i'd say good race block there so Lots of talk about Panama City Beach. Bit of a bit of a race. I mean, pretty as far as like Ironman North America races, probably the worst race I've done in terms of like <laughs> how much I would how much I would like recommend people go to it and stuff. Um nothing really redeeming about the race itself. Um, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I've so I raced the full distance Ironman, Ironman Florida, right when we came out of COVID. And I remember feeling okay about the overall venue. It was in a different venue than this one, just a couple miles up the road in Pier Park. And I felt like that was pretty solid. Like the golf was great to swim in. The transition was good. It was relatively the first half of the, probably the first 75% of the bike course was fine. But like every course in north america they don't shut down the roads and they don't really in florida what i noticed for this particular event they don't even put a lot of cones out for all of the highway riding you do they don't even like indicate to the drivers on the road that they need to probably avoid the shoulder or even the lane so it's really interesting they only put cones out for kind of traffic shifts um in the the worst part about it, I think, and I understand what they're up against with all the traffic that's in that area. We have to cross a highway called Highway 98, and we have to cross that somehow without stopping that highway with traffic. Because I think that's probably the biggest problem for them. That's such a like millions of cars probably for an hour, you know, every few hours. It's crazy. Um, maybe not millions, but hundreds of thousands. Um, and so we're riding on the shoulder of Highway 98, which has like, as I actually called it, like concrete jizz, like just someone jizz concrete all over the side of the shoulder. <laughs> There's not a lot of smooth riding and you are within inches of cars going 55 to 60 miles an hour, semi trucks. Um, it's, it's the last bit of the course. And then Jackson, um, as we're moving back into the town on the frontage road, 
How did you feel about the frontage road on the way back into town? It was terrible. It was, well, there's just, they don't close off any of the access points to that road at all. So cars could just pull out of any driveway, any road and get onto the course. And people don't really understand how fast bikes are moving in a race, especially for the pros or even I'm sure age groupers had issues. But like on the way out on that road is where I saw Lauren get hit by the car and the guy just like was beside him and like he had kind of passed him, but not passed him. And then he just like turned right and just ran right into him and was trying to turn right off the road. It's just like no understanding that a cyclist is going to be moving fast uh, and just didn't obviously look, didn't signal nothing. So in any case, um, that was rattling. And then on the way back in, it was later in the day. So it was starting to get to like mid morning. And then you have way more people on the road. And we had to come to almost a complete stop and weave between cars because there's just there's a bunch of cars stopped and blocking the road. Um, and it definitely slowed us down. I mean, whatever, it didn't matter. Sam was going to win anyway. But um, it's just a bit annoying when it's like there's not really any effort made. Like, I can totally understand if you can't close the roads. That's one thing. But at least closing some of the access points to the road and, like, converging people into fewer access points and then controlling how many people you let on at a time or something seems totally doable to me. Um, anyway, I probably won't go back just because I felt like getting off that bike course without any issues, without any issues with myself, safety-wise, and vehicles was lucky. Like, it could have happened to anyone and uh, I don't really want to take those types of risks. So that was just what it was. But sucked well, that Lauren got smoked, and fortunately he's okay, and uh, he has no major injuries, so that was lucky. And there was another woman not too far away who got hit by a car. Last year a pro female got hit. Um, I just I don't know if we brought this up in the pro meeting. Like, are the, have there any mitigation areas that are – commonly high traffic for cars and bikes that could be safer and they said well it's not real we can't control what people do that was kind of their rationale and while i totally understand that this is an open course i think they need to do a better job to restrict the course i mean how how many times do people need to get hit by cars for american races north american races to start taking it seriously so overall though I'd say still one of the longer, I guess, happening races was what they were kind of flexing about like 30 or something years, 41, 41 years, 41 years. So a longstanding race, um, which means they've been doing it a while and they've got, you know, maybe they just need some new eyes on there to kind of break things up with some new perspectives. And maybe it's just getting too busy to have a race there. And that's the bottom line. You know, a lot of rural, rural areas are negatively impacted or not as negatively impacted by a race. So, yeah. and it was hot. St. George was cooler. Um, we're, we were running on the run course on this like 15 degree angle road for like yeah. three miles. <laughs> like it that. wasn't that big of an angle, but it, it was tough on the, it was the probably a couple degrees collapsing arches and not the most aid stations ever. And it was warm. And anyways, it was a tough day. We can complain all we want, but the bottom line is, you know, race, at a pro race, everyone has to deal with the same conditions and you go and you race your competition. And, um, in terms of the actual race itself, we, 
obviously Lauren, not Lauren, our friend who we're staying with, he didn't have a good day, but I had a pretty good day. I came away with third, struggled on the run, but had an amazing ride for me. My best ride ever was three. Best power was 331 watts average, and it was 46.7 kilometers an hour. And that's like the course wasn't even short. It was short by like 200 meters and it was a 155 something. Um, so it was a crazy fast course, um, which was kind of fun because it's like, I kept feeling like, okay, we're going to hit a headwind at some point and go really slow. And it just never happened. Like the whole course felt fast. Um, Nick, you had a better race for sure than St. George, uh, which was good. And uh, just barely missed the old top eight course, which it seems to be like everyone always hits it. Like there was a couple years where I finished one spot out of the money, like literally five or six times. Um, And so that sucks, but you definitely brought it together better than St. George. How did you feel about it race wise? I still knew, I mean, it was a, a week. Nothing was going to change in terms of fitness. It was just going to be all about execution. I felt awesome. Like I had, i regained my confidence back in the swim where I had just like, when is it going to, when am I going to put together a good opening swim? So that was good on the bike. I was good for about an hour and 18 minutes until I really started to hurt. And I think at that point I was, when you went by in the, the group after I think you guys caught me right around 45 or 50 minutes, like I pumped it up to like 330 Watts for about 15 minutes, just to kind of keep up and connect with the rest of the, like TO and all that group that was ahead. And then afterwards that, that variability spike, it just kind of blew my load a little bit. And then I lost about 10 Watts per every 10 miles after that. So I think, I dropped pretty bad. Um, so still after some very stern discussions with my coach, um, kind of have kind of know where the weak areas are and the holes in the program. And we're going to focus on that ran about the same, but it was flat. I mean, I ran the same in the flat and he, as I did in St. George pretty much, which was still not super strong, but not terrible in terms of how bad it was at St. George. So I'm, I'm happy that there was at least a better course for me to perform on. And dude, it was like weird. I saw that dude um, in front of me, like I saw some weird riding tactics, like Elliot came out with me on the bike. And then I think start with a V his name. Um, anyways, it was like this very new pro. He like got right on the back of Elliot's wheel with a moto referee right with us like two times and tried to like straight up motor pace, like you would do in a group ride. And I was like losing my mind to the referee. Like what in the fuck is happening right now? Are you seriously not going to get, and he got a penalty and I saw him get talk spoken to again later. So lessons learned for that boy. Um, he got his five minute penalty and then uh, just, I'm sure how was the group when you went through, were they trying to surge and break? And then what did Sam do to finally get away? Yeah. Well, you, your group came out about, let's just call it about a minute ahead of me. And then I was on my own a minute ahead of Sam and Lionel. And they, they caught me at, I think earlier than I thought, because I wasn't turning around and looking. Um, they caught me probably 40 minutes in or something like that. Um, and so I, but I stayed at the front when I, I caught you and then you weren't that far behind the lead group. And then I pulled them all back. And then I went to the front of that group and dropped them. Lionel took one turn and then I went back to the front and like, I was kind of like, I knew Sam was going to attack at some point, just a matter of time, but he probably sat behind in behind me 
for a good, probably a good 25 minutes, um, at least maybe more. And then we turned off the main highway onto that path and I was still at the front and I was like, okay, I'm not leading this bullshit anymore. Like I, a couple guys had gone with us after I dropped the lead group and there, it was what it was. And so then I put, I sort of went easy for a few seconds and then Sam, Sam just launched a crazy attack. And I had, I did check my peak 30 second power was above 500 Watts. And that was when he attacked on that path. Um, and then he just kept attacking. Like I would have to just felt like I was constantly chasing him, trying to get back on. And I did that for a while. And then when we went through that technical section to go under the highway, he got a little bit of a gap, a few seconds. And at that point I had closed so many gaps. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I could tell I was right on that edge. So I just let him go. And then Lionel went around me and I, I stayed behind line all the rest of the bike for the last 20 minutes or whatever it was. Um, but yeah, Sam's for sure getting very tactical on the rides and just attacking um, so he can get away. And it seemed like Lionel and Sam were both pretty tactical on that ride. I definitely could have been more conservative. Like looking back, I, once I saw that Lionel and Sam caught me, I probably should have just made them go to the front um, for a bit. But I also didn't want to get a penalty and like, I wanted to go to the front of that group, um, drop them, and then let it be a let it be sort of a battle between the three of us. And To was able to go with us as well, um, and so at that point, you know, I took the I took the safe play of not taking a chance where you're trying to sit at the back and you know having to risk weaving in and out with the group and getting penalties. So probably a decent move, and then. Yeah, I got onto the run and just didn't really have much in the tank after that hard ride and just not having done much heat training. It wasn't crazy hot, but it was probably like 25 and pretty humid and the sun was fully out. Like there was no shade. So um, it felt warm to me. I don't know what you felt, but I definitely felt like the heat was a bit of a factor and the eight stations weren't that close together either. Yeah, they were pretty far. Um, overall, I think the allure of that race, thinking about it more, I lived there in Fort Walton beach Destin area for a while. Um, the beach for me there, that's where I was kiteboarding and just spending a lot of time. I think that's why I like that area. It's, it's beautiful beach, white sands. Um, I would say it's really clean too. I mean, it didn't seem really dirty at all. It's just a lot of kind of like Florabama type groups there, just drinking beer, hanging out and playing paddle ball, just laid back vibe. So I think that's probably why it's fun to go there and race. Um, you kind of just have a good time with your family. They've got a good beach and the water's beautiful. The water temperature was just friggin' awesome. Uh, I was like 76. So just great. Um, so that's that race. I think that's really all we can say. Sam is just a monster right now. And holy shit, winning St. George and then winning Gulf Coast is pretty massive. And then hopefully Lionel's not going to talk too much shit about himself anymore. He pulled a pulled a good, res good result out. He still got it. Yeah, we'll see what he... Uh, it'd be interesting to see what he says for race recaps and stuff. But he seemed to be a lot more positive after the Florida race, of course. And... Um, it was a decent result for him. Like, you know, uh, Sam isn't going to be beat on a hot flat course when he's on like, yeah, I mean, some people sure. But, you know, between Lionel, myself, Sam, the guys who were there, like Sam, I've seen him run really fast on hot courses many times. Um, 111. Yeah. Like he ran faster than he did in St. George by 
a minute and some change, I think. And if you just look at everyone, you, you're, I think the only other one who ran faster than you did in St. George. I was like four plus minutes slower. Lionel was a couple minutes or a minute or two slower. Trevor Foley was way slower. Um, so it's just like, it was obviously a tougher run conditions in uh, Panama city and he ran better. So, and we've seen that in Dallas in Dallas, he, uh, U S open last year, he was third. And like, that was the, one of the hottest races I've ever done. And he's just not handling it. No problem. So I definitely think, uh, the odds were in his favor. And then obviously he had a huge amount of confidence and he just, uh, was able to just smash it. And when he's in a good mindset, he's yeah, he's a, he's a monster. I agree. So now, I, I mean, I have a pretty chill week too. Robbie's kind of taken me down to just recovery week, sleep week, nap week. But of course, none of that freaking happens with my lifestyle. I've already like, I don't know. It's just all the little things right now. You know, when you have that race and you get home and then you're just like feeling a little tired, but you still got to do shit. I mean, you don't have to do as much shit as I do sometimes. So it's normally I don't complain, but man, it's, I'm getting old. It's just feeling, feeling like I want to throat chop somebody if they look at me wrong. <laughs> at the I know. You're probably going to throat chop me if I remind you any more times about my YouTube video. So I want to ask. I about can't that. do anything. I'm waiting <laughs> on footage. I know. See, I just, I set them off. Um, anyway. I, and, and what's more annoying is I still need to do mine from St. George, but it's going to be a little bit more of an effort just because, I know I have all the footage, but I I wanted to start on yours and get that done first so it can go out. Um, but the team in general is still planning to go ahead and have some good races. I think most we got Nicole, Leslie bearing her how she feels, Lisa bearing how she feels, doing um Boulder 70.3. And then holy shit, a lot of us are doing Tromblant. That's like five of us, I think. It's gonna be awesome. Um, and now I'm pseudo planning to go to ecuador and then do oregon and then take another break as a, as we travel with our super league team that'll launch at the end of well almost like the same day 70.3 worlds i'll be in probably london doing some super league shit there you go so that's going to be cool i mean for team stuff we've really got a lot going on and adam is doing a ton that's our kind of head of growth and development here at RTS. He's taken up a lot of the slack as I've been busy. Um, but our, our our newsletter went out again this week with some training tips. Mark's going to do some swim tips since he's such a badass. And it's, it's so frustrating watching him swim because it's like, doesn't look anything like special. He's just really powerful through the full stroke progression. Like he doesn't cut it short. There's nothing like, and he finishes really strong with that torque of his body like it doesn't even look hard it just looks so easy for him yeah well let's go with that he's not impressive he's just lucky and there's <laughs> we just are hard done by and we're gonna figure it out yeah no that's my project is i gotta freaking get into that damn league group or at least closer to where at worlds and at us open i'm in the mix where i need to be kind of in that Ditlev swim range um, yeah. is where I need to be. So let's freaking do it, man. That's what I'm going to do is this week is easy. I'm starting some training. I'll probably start training Thursday through Sunday, just low mile, like easy mileage. And then I'm going to ramp my swim up first and I'm going to really focus on that. 
and then I'll keep the bike and run mileage a little bit easier for a week or two. And then I'll pull it all back together and have a few hard weeks before Montreal wall. So freaking going to be awesome. That race is great. We get, we're going to be staying together, getting lots of fun content. Getting Nick always has a fucking good day there. I don't know what it is. You just always seem to put together a solid result there. So I'm stoked for that. And Garrick is hopefully going to still be able to do it. My He's, wife will be there. Yeah. For the first time ever, Nick's wife, Amy, is coming to Canada. Yeah. So I'm forcing Nick to stay an extra day. We're going to have some fun. We're going to freaking go golfing, and maybe the girls will do a spa or something because I'm sure they don't probably want to go golfing. And uh, and it's a long drive back from Montremont. What, six hours? To Toronto? Yeah, probably, probably close to six to get you guys back to the airport. Oh, but, we'll stay an extra day in Tremblant, or we're not going back to your house. What? We'll stay in Tremblant, uh, maybe. Well, we'll see. We got to figure it out. But right. oh, I haven't even asked you that this yet, where you didn't respond. But I'm thinking maybe we go to the velodrome on the way back and do some freaking arrow testing. Well, let's do it. Okay, deal. I'll see if I can get it slotted in. Let's give her hell. We're gonna have to rent. Rent a caravan for all the bullshit we're gonna have to bring along. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, but I can get a good deal on the velodrome rental. I have access to the devices that actually measure CDA, and we can get real, real world data and uh, test a couple things, and it'll be pretty, pretty good. Way, way cheaper than doing the wind tunnel, so that's a good thing. Yeah, and after speaking with some of those high of those winning pros who've done wind tunnels year after year, they've the consensus is it doesn't really add the tremendous value that all the images and everything. It's like if you feel comfortable and you look fast and it is fast, then going to the wind tunnel and shaving a few watts off just for like bullshit things is like not worth the ten thousand dollars or whatever people start to spend over the years. Yeah, and the thing is, the wind tunnel is just not really real world. Like, I find just you got to be able to actually hold the position. You got to be actually riding a bike where you know you're actually going to be looking in that direction and those things. Um, so, in any case, I that was what I learned when I went to the wind or to the velodrome last year. Was my baseline position was the fastest. Any changes I made made me slower. Um, so this time around, it would probably just be testing a couple different helmets. And that's pretty much it. And then from there, that's one thing where it's like, you know, you don't really have to change your position or how you feel comfort wise and helmets can make a bit of a difference for sure. So it might be worth knowing uh, on those things. And then I also have a custom front end coming in. I don't know if it'll be here in time, but um, it'd be cool if I could see what difference that makes, if any. Well, yeah, because I heard what's his name be like, well, the data on this front end is ridiculous. It should be so fast. I, I got to see if it's bullshit or not. It's probably like a water two. That's <laughs> yeah. my guess. But okay. So, case, it's a water two. A water two is a water two. So, with the velodrome, um, interesting concept just to think about. Like, instead of air being pushed over you at a certain speed and measuring resistance against that. I guess scale that's that's the wind is pushing against that's connected to the bike, which is connected to you and the velodrome you're pushing the power, you're pushing the wind and how you feel in that position is going to like, let's say you get a more aggressive position. Now 
you may not be able to even push power in that position for a period of time. So you're going to eventually come back to your, I guess, baseline or near baseline. So it's almost, why is it more realistic? Because of that, like the wind tunnel effectively puts you in a position that may not be attainable for like more than a 40 K. Um, so I think that's why it's probably more practically good. The interesting thing about the velodrome is it's not that easy to like ride the correct line. Like you need to be in a comfortable, sustainable position and you need to have your head in a position that you can see very well. So like it's really real world because you're in a race, you're looking at guys around you, potholes on the road. You're not putting your head down. Like you've got to be able to see. So it's that fine balance where it, on the velodrome, you know, if you can ride it on the velodrome, you can ride it on the road for sure. Um, so that's why I like that. It's definitely better and like weird things like when i tried putting my hands like one on top of the other it just was so unstable and i was like really stiff in my upper body and i just couldn't hold it very well and then that showed in the results like i was slower um even though if i did that in a wind tunnel i probably could have like totally caught like shrugged my head down and gotten super arrow and it might have looked like it would have been faster yeah. um so that'll be cool but anywho i've got to see if we can even get it at that time and I'll be doing it no matter what, but if we could get us both in there and freaking whoever else, that'd be sweet to just kill multiple birds with one stone. No, kill. <laughs> Come on, Ricky. Get, we'll get two birds stoned at once. <laughs> <laughs> Trailer Park Boy reference, if anyone's a fan. Um, yeah, so that'd be fun. And then you'll probably, are you doing anything after Trombola? You're just getting ready for Worlds in Finland, I guess, which is going to cost you a whole kidney. Oh, uh, well, I got U.S. Open in there first, so. Where is that? Oh, Wisconsin. Milwaukee. Um, Yeah, so it's a, yeah, it's an interesting summer because I really just have, I guess, from now till August, the only race is 70, is uh, Mont-Tremblant, so that's why I'm kind of taking this week, allowing myself to get a little out of shape and sort of have to build back up. Um, And then, even Mont-Tremblant, like, I'm not probably going to be really in super, super great shape yet. Like, the goal is to be on my way up and then to really hit it hard in July. Yeah. And then July will be my month to to crush it and to get in super good shape. And then August is the peak races. And, um, you know, after that, I, I looked and saw about, is there going to be a challenge race in Europe I can stay after Worlds and do? And not really. There's one that's two weeks after, but it's a full. And I'm not going to stay in Europe to do a full no um it's just let's do cozumel at the end of the year man november let's do that sounds horrendous a hot flat full distance iron man oh it's my awesome God. i'm telling you it's not as hot as you think that time of year it's actually pretty nice we'll see we'll see i yeah. have considered the idea i tossed the idea around doing a full at the end of the year hey. and the first one that i looked at was was florida but now that it's on the same course we just did i'm like i'm not freaking doing that like that sucks it does uh, so i'm not doing that but then there's collins cup which we don't know anything about yet and i feel like i'm pretty sure that's going to be november or just actually I'm pretty sure november they said at some point we're gonna hold that in my backyard i think that'd be great just make <laughs> it the jackson laundry course special <laughs> uh yeah that'll be solid and then by the way tamra is ranked number nine now I freaking amazing and you know and and her ranking structure yeah that's unreal she's i mean she got sixth 
we didn't even really i guess that was last week's episode but she got sixth at freaking ibiza which is unreal and it kind of proves like she can ride like she because that was there was the race ranger right so it was 20 meter yeah. draft zone what enforced and she still was able to keep herself in good contention on the ride and she's got the ability to be a, cha- a champion of one of these pto opens and or world championship um at some point in the near future so if she and she even got dropped from her swim group that she was in and it was it sounded like it was a bit of a error where she could easily have stayed with them and potentially been even in the top five so um pretty stellar stuff i'm moving up in the world i'm number 24 now yeah no big deal does that make it to where you're you've got a for sure u.s open uh yeah i'm should be solid for that i think the auto qualification is 25 people or something so i think i'm within that not to mention it's going to roll down at least to like 35 um so i'll be good for that which is nice. And then Collins Cup qualification, I'm currently sitting one spot out of an auto qualification. So I'm going to need one, probably one more really solid day, maybe two. And that'll get me in, um, hopefully. And it kind of depends on what other people do, right? Like right now, the shoe-ins for Team International are, uh, well, I guess not really Lionel. Like if his results start dropping off once his Collins Cup falls off. But right now it's like Lionel, Braden, or sorry, Lionel, Max Newman, um bradley vice and aaron royal are ahead of me um but bradley vice is only like a spot or two ahead so could potentially move ahead of him but who knows things are going to all change and i just need to focus on getting a couple good results and uh move my way up there yeah it feels like this year is almost over but it really isn't it's so weird to think like how long the season really gets stretched out now and just we're in the kind of thick of it the first big block is over with now we got to restructure, figure out which path we're going to go down for the next block, what we're going to change. I'm going to go live at altitude for three weeks in Park City before going to Mont Tremblant. So hopefully improve some high end output so I can actually ride like I really want to. So that's the main goal. And I just, it's just a lot of lessons learned, a lot of good areas to improve. Um, a lot of opportunities to go to the feed.com with Jackson's. Uh, snacks snack feed team store where you can get 25 20 every 90 days just for free for signing up for it we'll put the link in the show notes for you if you want to support jackson and his his nutrition company thefeed.com that was awesome i didn't even ask him to do that that's perfect i, didn't. I just because i care i'm a caring a beauty but the reality of it is, yes, you get you do get that free stuff, 20 bucks free stuff every 90 days or actually free spending money. And to be transparent about it, like I get a percentage of everything you buy on there and you get money off. So it's kind of a win win. And they it's not like they increase the prices or anything like you guys are still paying the same prices they have. So the feed.com Jackson Laundry store. Get it. Get <laughs> dot, it now. Dot org. It's actually called the Snack Squad. I went with the snack squad name because if somebody finds this store and they're like, oh, that sounds cool. I like snacks and they have no idea who I am. They might still join it. But if it's called the Jackson Laundry store, then they might be like, I don't know who that is. Screw that. I'm going to do I'm going to join Lionel's store. Definitely don't join Lionel's store. Join my store. And let's for while we're talking about the Jackson Laundry name, which reminds me of how 
race announcers just for some reason can't pronounce that properly, which reminds me of how they can't also say the Martin properly. What else is pissing you off, Jackson? Let's go on a rant. What's bothering you about traffic, people? The um, well, okay. So I was just looking into accommodations for 70.3 Worlds and the absolute cheapest option I could do for while I'm there is before any extra taxes or fees is almost 500 Canadian a night. And that's if I like stay in one place and then move to another place. And the second place is a tiny home. It's freaking a minimal little situation where nobody else is going to fit. So obviously that's not doable for splitting with people. And it's like, are you guys serious? Like there's no way this shit is that much on non-race world championship weekends the freaking city or whatever happened the airbnb hosts figured out that there's the iron man race and they're like i'm gonna jack up my prices like a ton of them are like a thousand bucks a night can you even imagine it's like it's crazy same shit in saint george man they did like it's an opportunistic they should cap it at like an extra 20 percent. you know it shouldn't be that much it's crazy and like we were kind of talking about how it's like does Iron Man like why wouldn't Iron Man just get a freaking block of hotel rooms and be like, okay, guys, for the pros, we're only charging you 150 bucks a night or something? Like, to at least make it so people want to go and you're going to get the most competitive race. And, like, I don't know, I'm sure they give a little bit of appearance, they'll probably give a bit of appearance fees for some of us, but it's like, it's just tough when it's like, let's say you're a pro and your goal is to qualify for worlds and go and like do your best. And you know, you're not going to be competing for a top five or anything. You're spending a ton of money to do this race. Yeah. Airfare is going to be around two grand probably from the States. If you're on the West coast. Yep. Like for me, it's looking like, uh, it's 1900 Canadian or so, um, for the fare that's not going to charge me 200 bucks for my bike. So that's that. And then you got probably rent a car and it's going to be an expensive ass trip. So anyway, that's that. But well, Cody, even, you know, in Ibiza, he basically was saying it cost him to take him and his partner seven, seven G's or something like that. And he didn't finish very well. And so he was a net loss. It's a risk we're taking, but you know, age group athletes who try to jump in line for our porta potties, which is the only goddamn thing we end up really getting out of being a professional athlete aside from going first. Remember that that is the only thing we have in this really big scheme of things. That is for us two porta potties reserved in transition. And if you're in line there, like you were at Gulf coast and we had to ask you to just let us poop first. That's, <laughs> that's freaking rude we're trying to do this for a living folks we just want to poop one more time before we go to the race and not have to wait in 30 minutes that's all we're asking well the funny thing about that was i looked at that line and i was like fuck that and i went to the age groupers one and it was like a one minute wait because there's like <laughs> 40 porta potties and sure there's 100 people but it's a much quicker cycle i know it's like we get 10 people for one porta potty or 100 people for 15 porta potties it's definitely better yeah if i was iron man if i could get one thing out of iron man for the pros more it would be better porta potties better porta potties and like i don't know more like like an extra like two for the males two for the females is that really too much to ask well yeah and like typically there are 
at least one and one, but for a male pro only race, they're still like, nah, we're only going to give them one. We're going to save no money, but fuck them. Standard. Yeah, it's, it is what it is. But in any case, we're still pretty lucky to get to freaking do this and actually have some prize money. Our sponsors are great. RTS is a great sponsor. They're funding all our shit and uh, we appreciate well, you. That's why I can't sleep at night because I'm still out there selling my body for money just so I can keep the RTS website up and going. Well, that is selling your body for money. That's basically what you've been doing on your social media since it began. So let's not. No, I keep my shirt on most all the time. I only, <laughs> people look for opportunities. The paparazzi get me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm cover, I cover myself up. I'm I'm uh, very modest. Yeah, like the Fighting Chance video when it's like, you're doing an interview. They're like, no, 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 you're not allowed to go put a shirt on. Fuck that. Toffer and Kenny Withrow, they were like, all right, bud, we need you to stand around put this oil on your skin and just glisten and i was like i'll do it for you now right right now just give me a coffee later and they did <laughs> those boys are great we should give them a shout out yeah they fighting chance guys and you know iron man hires them to go and do these races and they work a crazy amount in like five days for the race they get all the footage of the athletes and then they send us all the freaking footage after for us to use which is just great for us. And they work real freaking hard. I wish Iron Man would send someone with them to give them a hand with uh, just getting through basics because they do it everything. They do all the editing, all the recording, yeah. all the freaking driving themselves around, everything. So, And they got to link up with a bunch of pro athletes who have very like direct schedule conflicts with everything. So it's not easy to link up with us. I think we try to make it pretty easy. We're like, well... I guess I can swim at seven o'clock at night. Once you're free, no big deal. So we're trying to make it easy on them, but they absolutely crush. And the fighting chance videos are really actually awesome. You get to learn like about some pros you never would. Um, it's nice to see some people, some new faces on there. Um, like me, you know, no big deal. That's one thing I would say for positive for Ironman for this year. They're, they're investing more in the media for the athletes. They're, they're, they're allowing us to use more of it, um, yeah. which is great. And just on media in general, like people have been really great with sharing photos and like people send me stuff from the course and let me use it and all that stuff. And that's always really appreciated. This particular race, I really didn't get much though. Um, I got nothing. I don't think there were too many photographers out there, um, but we're going to have the race day footage from the, the Toffer and Kenny Withrow show. So. All right. And I'm going to put it together on your YouTube and the RTS YouTube. Yeah, check out the YouTube guys, uh, my channel, RTS channel, and let us know what you want to see. YouTube is it's a tough game because you, it's a lot of work to do the editing, and it's expensive if you're hiring it out, unless you hire Nick, and then you just have to give him a good old butt squeeze, and he, he'll <laughs> do it for you. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's fine. In any case, um, let me know what you guys want to hear for content or see, because like, do you want training day videos? Freaking specific topics like when i did the video on anti-doping after the colin chartier uh positive test uh, that one was super popular do you want like opinions on stuff i'll do whatever it doesn't matter just uh you'll do whatever it. it doesn't matter pretty much whatever yep i'll it's got to be allowed for youtube though remember that i want to see you eat 10 cheeseburgers and then go on a 10k run that sounds like a really good a really good off-season video like 
the cheeseburger the cheeseburger mile every mile you do a cheeseburger the cheeseburger <laughs> 10 mile and whoever can make it the most miles doesn't have to pay for the cheeseburgers yeah and you have a certain amount of time like let's say you have 10 minutes to complete the mile and eat the cheeseburger or something like that that's sounds, actually pretty fast sounds like a cory belmore challenge like not the big cheeseburgers though just like the the mcdonald's junior cheeseburgers yeah we should also do triathletes do other sports and we should like have a contest at darts and pool and like euchre euchre's not a sport <laughs> it sure is euchre's a game golf is the only other sport for me right now i'm gonna get to golf twice this week and then i'm gonna be back on the, the no golf until after Tremblant. well by the way, you'll have to see in Jackson's YouTube video, his neck was so ruined for like three days before the race. I was like, all we got to do is keep a good attitude and it'll work itself out. But you were just walking around with your like, like, like Quasimodo over there. <laughs> I don't know how you pulled it off. I don't understand. I really did. Uh, Thursday morning woke up bef- and I could barely lift my head to a normal position. I couldn't lift my head to a normal position. It was weird. He mentioned that right after we talked about golf, but I don't think it had anything to do with doing the golf on the Sunday because it didn't happen until Thursday. So, and I felt totally normal before that. I think I slept weird on a weird pillow that was way too small and it freaking screwed my neck. And I was like, this is terrible. And I, I knew I'd be able to race, but I wasn't going to be comfortable. And then it did loosen up and took a Tylenol before the race. And that was good enough. Well, I'll tell you, I'll shed some light on what happened. I'll just come clean and tell you. Uh-oh. So since since I was mad at you because you didn't get me coffee when you went shopping and I had to go buy some bullshit, I went in your bedroom when you were sleeping and I just dropped the people's elbows on your your shoulder and left. And you were like didn't even feel it. You were so tired. And then the next day, that's what happened. <laughs> pissed at you yeah fucking no thanks for getting me from the airport and getting (laughs) groceries for all of us setting everything up no problem yeah forgot my coffee yeah i will say if you forget a coffee drinker's coffee or you screw up their coffee or you get in the way of them having their coffee it's not a good thing especially you after a race oh yeah after a race i need my coffee because this race started at 5 40 a.m by the way (laughs) what the hell is that that is we're setting our alarm for 2.30 in the morning to wake up and have breakfast before this race. It's insanity. That was brutal. Actually, I don't know if I liked it less or more than 3.30, just because it felt like 2.30, and I actually was able to go lay down for like another 40 minutes and chill out. And then normally at 3.30, I'm like, well, I'm way more awake. So I don't know. Maybe it was better. Yeah, honestly, it made no difference to me. I felt fine. Oh, and now that I've been home for a few days, like... I've got about a thousand jellyfish marks all over my body. Like from the jellyfish school, we, I have like sensitive skin to jellyfish stings and they're like all over my legs and the sensitive, like under my elbow area or my arm elbow pit, my knee pit. There's like little bumps from all the tentacles that just stung the shit out of me. Oh, I have one all over my cheek too. It looked like I had like a disease for a day. There were, a lot of jellyfish like you just could see them in the water every time you were looking down yeah it was a lot of stings a lot of stings but you know is what it is i should have stayed with your group and then i'd be at the back and maybe you guys would have cleared them out for me but all alone i was getting trampled well that's what you get welcome to my last few races 
<laughs> yeah. Anyways, we should probably yeah. stop rambling about nothing. Um, we're gonna probably do a topic of uh strength training soon. So strength we're gonna training. Have a guest on for that. And we're gonna have the one of the owners and uh, originators of the Magic Five goggles, not just to talk about goggles, but because their technology has like branched out into real real world operations for other businesses like crazy cool. So I think that's a like triathlon innovation has provided real life cool product development. So that'll be a cool um, interview. And then I think we're going to have, I don't know, Bill Christie will maybe come on eventually once he's gets back to me. Bill Christie. Yeah. Owner of Clash. Clash. And uh, yeah, let us know what you want to hear, but no matter what you do, Join my nutrition club. No, join our Patreon. <laughs> join <laughs> it all. Join it all. We're creating a movement within triathlon since it's so disjointed. We want to be the umbrella that keeps you sheltered from the bullshit. So if you hang out with us, you'll be fine. Oh, and by the way, have you ever had a fly in your house for like two days straight? And it's just one fly. You can't kill him. He's landed on me about 30 times in this interview. And I've been hunting him down and he knows I'm preoccupied. He's probably trying to clean out your jellyfish stains. You should let him do it. Oh, I didn't notice he was there for about five minutes, so I hope he got to business. Did you know that they, for some types of like weird skin conditions where you've got like bacteria eating your skin, if you put leeches on, they'll eat away the dead skin and like save yeah. you? Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's what they did in the olden days. Yeah, it's kind of neat. I do that every six weeks or so. I just get into a tub full of leeches. They pure. Clean all the bullshit out of me, and I can eat all the McDonald's and fast food I want. It keeps me thin. I actually got a double quarter pounder with cheese today. It's a true thing. The last time I got a legit like burger from McDonald's, I don't even remember. But I was like, you know what? Fuck it. It's recovery week. I'm hungry. I don't want to make lunch. I'm right beside McDonald's. I'm just going to do it. Did it work? Was it like, a, oh, man, this is, I feel terrible. No, I feel fine it was it it's a weird thing because you can see how people get addicted to it because like i don't know how they formulate it with the right amount of saltiness the right amount of msg whatever you eat it and like it, you know it has a shitload of calories but it's not even that filling like yeah because it's there's not it's not very nutrient dense it's just like empty calories and you just eat it and you're like geez i could have another one of those and then you'd be eating like 1500 calories at once or more and that's what people freaking do, man. It's scary. But once once every couple of years, you get a McDonald's double quarter pounder with cheese or a Big Mac. And then you're like, all right, I don't need that again for another couple of years. That'll be fine. I think the only fast food that I don't feel bad about, like maybe once a week, because now I get my 12-year-old stepkid from school. And once a week, I'm like, all right, we'll take you to get a kid's meal from Chick-fil-A. You just eat about four nuggets and some fries, barely. I get like a chicken sandwich from there and it's like, I don't know. It doesn't feel that terrible for some reason. Chick-fil-A is not that bad. I feel like they use real chicken breasts. It's not heavily processed, whatever they do at McDonald's. And uh, yeah, I hope it's so. a lot more basic, but it's always better if you get the, the actual chicken breast, not like the, the fried one. The fried stuff is terrible. Yeah, yeah, that, that'll get you. All right. Well, that's enough uh, fast food advice from us. Uh, we'll have some better more fun content for you check for our patreon in the show notes check jackson's snack attack club and get yourself 
some goodies. Oh, the snack squad. Snack squad. And thanks for listening. We really appreciate your support. And make sure you follow all of the Real Triathlon Squad professional athletes. You can find them on our website, realtrisquad.com. And yeah, keep the good vibes going. And, you know, I guess, like, whatever. Peace. Oh. Oh. Flying through the sky in my parachute Dancing on the couch like I'm Tommy Cruise On a one-man mission trying to see it through